0: All right, so we are continuing in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount. Have any of you guys enjoyed or learned anything on the Sermon on the Mount yet? Two of you, God bless you. (laughs) Well then, yeah, God bless you. So we're going to continue in that. But today what we're getting into is lying, our oaths. How many of you guys have ever made a promise to someone? Anyone? Participating church? How many of you guys made a promise this week? Some of us? Yep. Promises are really unique. And what we have to recognize through the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus is getting at is it's greater than just the issue that he's talking about. It goes much further to our heart. So as you remember, he says... Anyone who's angry at someone, that's a sin. Anger and murder are both subject to judgment. So don't think of yourself better than someone else because you haven't murdered someone, because your anger towards someone is subject to judgment. He also said, just because you haven't committed the physical act of adultery, it doesn't mean that you haven't committed adultery in your heart. Because he says anyone who's lusted after a woman or lusted after the opposite sex or lusted in general has committed adultery. So what we realize is it's not just about the physical act, it's about this place within our heart. And what I was trying to lead us to this morning is what Jesus is saying is I want to connect with you. I don't want you to put on this facade that you are this Christian, that you are connected with Him, when in reality, there's a much deeper connection within your heart that really must be had. You know, so we've been going through the Bible reading plan, and, and I make a confession, that as we've gone through the Bible reading plan, there's been some days that I've connected with God, and then there's been some days that I've only wanted the check mark. Anyone else only wanted the check mark some days? See, because there's this obligation, there's this um, s- yeah, sense of obligation to do the works of Christ. But what happens is when you connect with the Father, you realize the works are places that you get to discover who he is. Likewise, my dad was using the avenue. Certainly he was teaching me, trying to teach me how to work hard and have disciplines. But more than anything, my dad liked to hang out with me. See, so sometimes when God sends us to go talk to a person at Walmart or participate in presents for the village apartments or providing food for the area uh, for Thanksgiving, what he's really saying is, hey, this is the avenue by which I want to connect with you. It's in your heart and not just the action. So now we get to talk about oaths and lying and... um, Lying isn't a new thing. Lying has been here since the beginning of time. You know, one of the first liars was the serpent. In Genesis 3, uh, I'll just have four and five. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So where was the lie? You will certainly not die. Well, sin leads to death. So the serpent came and lied at the very beginning. And then Abraham, we learned this in Bible Club, Abraham lies to Pharaoh. Genesis 12, 12 and 13. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. It's kind of messed up, isn't it? Now look, if you realize who Pharaoh was, he wasn't looking for someone to make him pot roast. He wasn't looking for a wife that he could emotionally connect with. He's Pharaoh. He doesn't care about that. He wants someone good looking, right? So Pharaoh wasn't interested in bringing in Sarah as a, um, as a wife that just cleaned the house. Are you guys catching my drift? He wanted something um, much more unique. Abraham was willing to lie to spare his life. It's messed up. And then Sarah, who was barren, laughs at God. Genesis eighteen twelve through 15. So she laughed to herself. Could you imagine laughing in God's face? Man, so she laughed to herself. She thought, I'm worn out and my husband is old. Can I really know the joy of having a baby? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did she laugh? Why did she say, will I really have a baby now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for me? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. She lied and said, I did not laugh. But the Lord said, you laughed. You laughed. Lying is not new to us. Ananias and Sapphira lied about their giving Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph. Saul lied to David about a wife. And also, kids often lie to parents. So I have a video. Are we ready for that one? I have a video of some kids just lying, just making up these lies. So I want to watch this real quick. I didn't do that You didn't hit her by accident? No, no, no I did it purpose oh. Brandon, are you eating Tootsie Rolls? No <laughs> <laughs> Who broke the toy, Vincent? I don't know Well, think about it, tell me who broke it in the house when my when somebody was following them home then he came in my house and broke it i didn't do it i know i know i didn't do it when i was a baby I, whenever i touched it when i was a baby i was so careful you touched this when you were a baby well i was so careful when i did i was i was careful i really was mm-hmm. You didn't, did somebody do that to you? No, it just got on my face. It just got on your face? Yeah, mm. but, but I fell. You fell? Did you fall on the marker? Yeah. But how come you had to put your nose in the corner? Mommy! No, that, I didn't put my nose in the corner, that was, I was walking into the wall. <laughs> Amy, did you eat that marker? No. You didn't eat the marker? Print on me. Oh, did you eat it too? No. So it's natural for us to become liars, right? I'm sure that many of you guys have stories of being liars. Now, I did ask the question, how many of you guys made promises this week? How many of you guys broke a promise this week? How many of you guys lied this week? What about a white lie? A little fib? See, in today's scripture, we will see that Jesus is telling people that there is a much deeper integrity that he's calling us to live by. That he wants Christians to be people of integrity. There is no reason to have to say anything other than yes or no, because he wants us to be people of integrity. Yes and no, that's it. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew 5, verses 33 through 37. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. Verse 33, here we go. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all. Either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. ANYTHING BEYOND YES OR NO COMES FROM THE EVIL ONE. NOW JESUS BEGINS WITH ANOTHER, YOU HAVE HEARD IT WAS SAID. SO THIS WAS HIM REFERRING TO THE Mishnah ONCE AGAIN, THE ORAL LAWS THAT THE JEWS HAVE MADE UP. ESSENTIALLY WHAT THE RELIGIOUS LEADERS OF THE DAY WERE DOING IS THEY WERE CREATING AN INTRICATE SYSTEM THAT PEOPLE COULD FOLLOW that would offer them an escape from their promises. What good is a promise if there's then an intricate system that then can relieve you from that promise? These oral laws would reveal to them whether their promise was required to be kept or not. Now, one of the most used outs from the promise depended on what you swore by. IF YOU SWORE BY GOD'S NAME, YOU HAD TO KEEP IT BECAUSE GOD IS ETERNAL. THAT WAS IN THE Mishnah, RIGHT? SO IF YOU SWORE BY HIS NAME, YOU MUST KEEP IT. BUT IF YOU SWORE BY HEAVEN AND EARTH, IT WAS NOT BINDING BECAUSE EARTH IS NOT ETERNAL. IF YOU FACED JERUSALEM WHILE MAKING A PROMISE, IT WAS BINDING. BUT IF YOU SWORE FACING ANOTHER DIRECTION, IT WASN'T BINDING. What kind? Uh, what's the purpose of your promise then? Right? See, these loopholes were even used when we studied the book of Acts. You guys remember Paul's preaching. Many people want to kill him. So what in- ended up happening is many of these religious leaders promised that they were going to kill Paul and that they were not going to eat until they do uh, did it. So Acts 23, verse 20. F- uh, sorry, verse 12 through 14. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priest and the elders and said, we have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. Well, if you guys remember, they didn't kill Paul, but they made this promise that they were not going to eat. Well, guess what? They ended up eating. They didn't kill him. Paul escaped, and they did not die of starvation. So, they didn't keep their promise. In the oral laws, what was created, so in the Mishnah, the rules that they created was this, is there was an exception called a restraint. This meant if you were to be kept from fulfilling your promise, you were released from it. In this case, they couldn't get to Paul, therefore they were released from their vow. What good is a vow if we have an out? It's not good at all. This reminds me of being a child, tending to look for ways to cheat the system. I was taught from a very young age that swearing was not something that honored God. So um, I never swore to God. So assuming there was some wiggle room in that, just as we all do, I figured since I won't swear, I will promise. There's a big difference, isn't there, swearing and promising? So as a young kid, we learned these little riddles that aided in our ability to have some room for some white lies. For example, cross my, hope, sorry, cross my heart, hope to die. What's the, the rest? Yeah. Stick a needle in my eye. So you're making these bargains at the playground, right? Man, I promise you, if you don't let me be it, I promise you, Friday, I'll give you my pizza. You get it. You get half of it. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. We would tell little white lies if we would do what? Cross our fingers, right? Cross our legs. You'd be sitting here saying anything you want because your legs and fingers are crossed. Some kids would pinky swear. Anyone in here ever pinky swear? Again, I was taught not to, to swear, so the highest degree of vow that I would go is a pinky promise. I was really honoring God by not swearing. See, nowadays, the language is not necessarily pinky swear. Essentially, what people would say is, on my mama." right? What on my mama means is I'm telling the truth, and if I wasn't, my mama will die, or on God. That's what, that's what the younger generation says, on my mama or on God. It's a way of a swear or a promise that, um, yeah, people say. So what about when we say this? If I'm totally honest with you, Anyone ever said that? If I'm completely honest, whenever we use phrases like that, kind of what it indicts us on is maybe we weren't being completely transparent before that. Maybe we were hiding a few things. This suggests that there have been times that we felt like we could blur the line between the truth and what this suggests is that we were not being completely honest the moments before. See, like the Pharisees, our culture has created loopholes for being dishonest. There's moments where we can be in conversations and just not tell the whole truth. We're not lying, but we're not being completely honest. And what God is telling the Pharisees is it's, it's don't or the people on the mount is you don't have to make promises because I want you to be people of integrity, people that honor God with everything that you have within your heart. Therefore, then and now, people make promises in such a way that they don't know, or sorry, yeah, they make promises in such a way that they think that they're not minding. See, it's like really in the small print or the really fast radio advertisement. Jesus here is revealing to them that there is a standard that they are following, and that is not his standard. See, the written law, not the oral law, not the man-made law, the written law in Numbers 30 says that we are obligated to keep our promises. Numbers 30, verses 1 and 2, Moses said to the heads of the tribe of Israel, this is what the Lord commands. When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge. He must not break his words, but must do everything he said. So I think we've all lied in here. And if you think that you haven't lied, you're lying to yourself. We've all lied. And what Jesus is getting at, he's, he's paralleling, paralleling Numbers 30, with verses 34 and 35 here in the Sermon on the Mount. So here's what he says, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. So don't swear or promise to any of these things, because swearing by heaven is just as binding as swearing by God because God is um, be, yeah because swearing to heaven is God's throne right or swearing by earth is just as binding because earth is God's footstool and swearing by Jerusalem is just as binding because Jerusalem is God's city see Anything that the Christian does is not for ourself, it's actually unto God. The way that you interact with people throughout the week, you're actually serving God. So when you make a promise to someone, your promise to that person pales in comparison to the integrity in your heart when you promise to that person because God is going to judge everything that we do. So when we say yes or no, we're doing it unrighteous. To God. See, Jesus came to address the silly, man-made rules of culture that allowed them to sin. And cultural acceptance doesn't mean God's approval. See, what the Pharisees ended up doing is they created these oral laws that gave them loopholes so that they could sin. We talked about... Um, how men could leave women if a woman burnt his soup he could leave does that seem biblical to you not at all so the pharisees were creating these loopholes and now they're creating loopholes for how they can lie and not keep their promise cultural acceptance doesn't mean god's approval the religious culture created a list of rules that made it easy to divorce lie and justify a person to do as they wished. Our culture today, today, is doing whatever it can to justify sin as well. Just because culture says that you can pick your pronoun, it doesn't mean that that's God's intention, amen? It doesn't mean that we get a pick. It doesn't mean we are to affirm it. Culture doesn't dictate God's heart. Amen? Likewise, man-made oral laws will not be what grants us into heaven. We can't hide behind man-made oral laws. We can't hide behind our own justification. I always think of the um, movie Liar, Liar, where Jim Carrey is unable to lie. A lot of, imagine if we couldn't lie. That'd be um, really unique, wouldn't it? Our hearts would be exposed. Jesus simply and profoundly lets those know on the Mount that God has a higher standard for their oaths, and our ability to keep them is not promised. So, followers of Christ, as I've said throughout this whole Sermon. Followers of Christ must be known for integrity. At your workplace, within your family, within the church, within your friend group, are you known as a person of integrity? Or do people question who you are and what you do? Verse 36 And do not swear by by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. Jesus wants us to be people of integrity so we cannot even make promises on ourselves, Right? You can't promise anyone anything. I can't say, hey, I promise you I'll give you $5 tomorrow because I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. I can't say I promise you that I'll give you $5 once I get off the stage because I don't know if I'm making it off the stage. Right? So we can't even make promises on ourselves because we do not possess the ability to carry the next breath. Every breath that we're taking comes from God. Every beat from our heart comes from God. And some of you are like, "Why? I can change my color. I can change the color of my hair. You're not changing the color of your hair. Do you know what you're doing? It is you're just covering up your hair. You didn't change the color. You change the appearance. But at the core, your hair is still whatever color. Gray, white, purple, pink, missing. Um. <laughs> All right? whatever it is. Um. So if you can't change the color of your hair, how can you make a promise about tomorrow? And maybe you say, I'm not a person who makes promises. We have to ask ourselves, are we people that lead people astray somewhat in a manipulative way? God wants us to be people of integrity. These little white lies that don't tell the whole truth. James 4, 4, 13 through 15. Now listen, you say tomorrow or today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you not even know? Why? You do not even know that um, what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. So the book of James encourages us as well. You don't even know that tomorrow's promised. So since you don't, just be a person of integrity. See, being truthful is far greater than being believed, right? Being truthful is far greater than being believed. But what I see within culture is culture cares more about being believed than truthful. Anyone in here, I know that I have Sometimes I've just wanted to be believed more than I've been truthful. Anyone else ever felt that way? Look, it's okay because there's grace. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but we do have to strive to do better. What Jesus is trying to help them understand is the heart of God's law is to let your yes be yes and your no be no. And this is why he says in verse 37, All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. God didn't want us to make promises. If your yes is yes and your no is no, we never need to make oaths. A promise indicates that we're not people of integrity that the way that we've lived our life, that there is mistrust or that we've made promises before that we haven't kept. So actually, when I have to make a promise, what that actually says is, I have not lived a godly life that people trust. So we don't need to do that. I don't need to promise Macy anything. My yes is yes. And when it comes to marriage, my yes was far greater to God about her than my yes was to her. And if my yes wasn't to God first, then... um, We'd have more problems, right? So my yes has to be yes. One author suggests this as we wrap up Jesus was using this teaching to help us understand the hypocrisy in their own oaths. They were using oaths to add credibility to their statements, but their statements came from unfruitful hearts. Notice I didn't say their statements were untrue, even though that was often the case. I said their statements came from unfruitful hearts. You may think that that's a subtle distinction, but it goes directly to the heart of what Jesus was saying. The Pharisees had had systematically reduced righteousness to a set of external behaviors. Have we reduced God and honoring God to a list of systematic, outward behaviors? I hope not. And those behaviors were nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. Their oaths were no uh, no more reliable than the statement of a child who has his fingers crossed behind his back. Because in their hearts... They were more interested in being believed than they were being truthful. More to the point, they were more interested in being believed than they were being godly. It's about our character. When we're interacting with the world, are we more interested about being believed and liked or are we more interested in being godly? Everything that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount comes back to the reality that God sees straight into our hearts. He sees that the malice and murder in our hearts when we cling to anger towards our brother or sister. He sees the adultery in our hearts when we gaze longingly at someone or something. He sees um, the, yeah, he sees when we lie and we don't tell 100% truth, he sees the deception in that. He is the only lie detector that is 100% accurate. Every time that we lie, Jesus knows about it. And you can convince the person in front of you that what you're saying is pure and truthful. Yet Jesus knows every time. The righteousness that comes from God cares infinitely infantly, sorry, and yes, infinitely, I, I can't speak right now, more about God than, um, he cares more about what God sees than what man sees. That's what God cares about. Our yes must be yes and our no must be no. No oath can make um, that's so. Being believed is nothing. Being a truthful person in the eyes of our Heavenly Father is everything. Amen? James five twelve. Above all, brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. So Jesus, again, as he's dressing those on the Sermon on the Mount, he's letting them know, hey, it's not about the lie. It's, it's about you, you faking and trying to appear something that you're not. And when we try to appear to be something that we're not, we're certainly... Um, lying to ourselves and other people. What Jesus wants is for us to be people who truly connect with him and surrender to him in everything. It's less about being believed and it's more about being godly. Amen? So this week when you interact with your friends, clients, family, church members, I hope that God reminds us that it's about being godly and I hope that we're obedient to that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that um, there's really no condemnation in this scripture today. I hope that's not what we're hearing. But I hope that we're hearing um, the joy that it is to serve you and to connect with you. Father, that you've called us to this higher standard that you have equipped us to live into. So as we interact with the world this week, may um, may we be people of integrity, even if we have to admit that we lied. May our yes be yes and our no be no. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Don't forget to sign up um, out in the commons. Um, Be sure to see Karenina, and um, you guys are dismissed.